0: This episode is brought to you by Troxel Plus Membership. Learn about the benefits of membership and get your limited time launch offer savings at trxl.co slash launch20. There's no spaces in that. trxl.co slash launch20. This episode of Troxel is supported by Confluence, a small conference event for AEC professionals and technology providers to discuss industry trends and ideas together. It's put on by the fine folks at Avail, You can learn more about the upcoming invite-only events during this episode. This episode of Troxel is supported by Avail. Avail helps AECO firms better manage, organize, and navigate information faster. Visit getavail.com today. Welcome to the Troxel podcast. I'm Evan Troxel. In this episode, I welcome Carrie Below and Lauren Genest. Carrie is the founder and CEO, and Lauren is president and partner at Brand Groupies. In this episode, we discuss their unique SoPR approach. What's that, you ask? It's their branded approach that combines social media and PR to fuel brand recognition, storytelling, and personality-driven strategy in the AEC industry in a media landscape driven by social media, PR, brand recognition, and storytelling. We also talk about Brand Groupie's background in fashion and how looking at AEC through that lens has informed their approach and services. So while this conversation is a bit of a tangent to the typical conversation here on the podcast, we can't ignore how technology in the social media sphere is also evolving the profession of architecture. So I hope you enjoy hearing from these two experts in the field, And without further ado, I bring you my conversation with Carrie Below and Lauren Genest. Carrie and Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you today.
1: Thank you, Evan. Thanks Thanks for having us.
0: So, we're going to talk about you today and brand groupies. And this is a bit of a departure, maybe, from the, the typical content on the show, but I have been branching out into a little bit of business of architecture content on here because there are things beyond technology that weave into how we get work done and how we attract new work. Even and I think that's kind of where you guys come in. And so things have changed majorly in my career span in this space. And you guys have coined a term called I don't know how you, how do you say it? What do you say? So PR? SoPR? What?
2: so okay. pr i got it you <laughs> have <nailed> it
0: <laughs> all right all right all right so so pr and social and marketing and pr and promotion and you, you've coined this new term and wow architects i think in general kind of suck at this and so i'll just say that in the beginning which is uh, promoting ourselves is typically uh, i i think I could say it two different ways. We're not good at promoting ourselves in this. uh, And and so technology now plays a big part in this, which is everybody's connected. uh, And there's algorithm driven feeds out there where content shows up in my timeline and it's different than your timeline. But through our kind of extended networks, these things kind of, I don't know, take on a life of their own. And there's so there's not architects, there aren't engineers who are really leveraging this in any measurable way or meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side, which is when firms do post stuff, it's like, check out this award we won. And I don't think that they're really connecting with their audience because they're actually just, I think that's really inside the echo chamber of architecture, AEC, which is like patting ourselves on the back so that others in the field will... You know, you see that. And and so I get there there's a little bit of value there, but I don't think there's a lot of value there. Uh, and there's a lot of awards to be won out there. They have there are tons and tons of awards. And so it's like, okay, and what is the true value of an architect? What is the true value of an engineer in the built environment? And how do we tell that story? So I think storytelling is the key thing that we should start off talking about today. But uh, before we do that, Brand Groupies, can you just, I, I've already introduced you in the in the intro, but I would love to hear your version of it that's not written down uh, and, and just give us kind of a, a backstory on how Brand Groupies became a thing and then what you do.
2: Well, um, Brand Groupies was founded in 2015. And at the time, um, you know, we were doing anything and everything, PR, social media, websites, for a range of different clients. And um, then it was in 2017 when we started working with Mancini Duffy and landed in architecture and design firm in, um, in you know in New York City. So we started doing social media that led to PR, that led to personal branding for the president, that led to a podcast. And once we got a taste of the AEC industry, we said, this is awesome. We saw a gap. We, uh, we came from the fashion industry, so we saw yeah. major opportunity in this industry. And so we really evolved Brand Groupies. And today we do social media, public relations, personal branding and podcast management for commercial architecture firms, engineering firms, construction firms, design, and real estate. So we're all in.
0: You're in the building industry. I think that's so interesting from like allowing you to focus on the AEC landscape, but you're really focused only on that. And what's, what's interesting to me is that you came from fashion. There's always a, obviously a fashion component to architecture, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm not just ta- I'm not just talking about what people wear, even though that is I'm, I'm wearing the architectural uniform today. I'm wearing black. Right? <laughs> <In the glass. laughs> but but the idea of of fashion and architecture and aesthetics and uh, emotions and think mood and things like that, I think are all kind of wrapped up in why we do what we do, because these buildings, these landmarks, these libraries, these homes, like they they make an indelible mark on people mm-hmm. to be the people that they are in society and and so it's interesting to kind of hear how all that mixes together so let let's talk about this pr aspect of of architecture and the idea of self-promotion uh, and communicating value of architects and i think like we'll keep trying to tie it back to tech which i think is kind of a Uh, It's just, we take it for granted that we all have these devices on our desks and in our pockets that can enable us to do this. And yet there's still this chasm of information out there about architects. Like you, you have to go to a website, you have to look at all the projects and and look at all the, the specifications of the project, but how does it make me feel like, even architects aren't very good at communicating that kind of stuff on their website. But mm-hmm. from your perspective, give us, give kind of give us an overview of the industry and where it sits. Because I, I assume this is where you see opportunity in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I sure. think we see so much opportunity for brands who actually, you know, make the investment and really see the value to stand mm-hmm. out because so many um, people within this design community, you know, it's all design-led. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we got here from fashion. I think that we really see such an opportunity for those who um, really, I think, sort of become the early adopters in this in this realm, because this isn't something that traditionally has been budgeted for in, um, in the AEC industry. There wasn't, you know, we always say in the fashion industry, you know, Carrie would work <laughs> at an agency, I'd work at an agency. One of us was going to get hired, but it wasn't a matter of if you would get hired. It was just which one were you going to select for PR, and then as the years went on, social media. But in this industry, that doesn't seem to be the case. And so I think our clients, we tend to gravitate towards clients that think differently and that are doing it a bit differently because I think they're already adopting other habits within the industry that probably aren't very traditional or typical. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think we become partners. Because mm-hmm. uh, And then once, once they adopt our SOPR approach, we really sort of take an in-house approach. We have um, a handful of clients you know, the ultimate goal is to work across several different services with them. And then we really, once we get to know them well, they kind of let us run. They don't have people internally that can manage or kind of do our skill set, our same skill set. So they're really kind of investing in this higher level um, design aesthetic that we can protect their brand. I do the PR, Carrie does the mm-hmm. social. So we always, you know, we both came from PR background, And so I think making sure that you're taking a quality over quantity approach um, has always been sort of very at the forefront of our minds. And in the fashion industry, we were always several seasons ahead. So we were always looking to the future. What's next? What's coming up? You know, Threads just launched the other day. Of course, you know, Carrie on Thursday was scrambling to get everybody on Threads and And so it's, you know, yeah, we'll have to talk about that, but it's constantly just staying ahead of the, ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. And I think you nailed it. Telling the stories from a PR perspective and then carry on social is so, so integral to what we do. Yeah. And I think we're really people driven when it comes to um, our PR approach and really kind of that came back to our fashion roots of dissecting the stories behind the brands. Mm -hmm. And then how can you make that connection with your audience? How can you bring that Mm -hmm. to life? so that people yeah. want to work with you. People work with people, not not necessarily brands. So that's kind of what you're buying into. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, they say a brand is what other people think of you, what other people say about you, not what yeah. you exactly. say internally about yourself, right? Yeah, and yeah. so how do you know that's- what people are saying about you if you're not engaged in these I mean there's there's clients that are already paying you to do a thing that sure, may say sure. or may not say. So- they they might openly talk to you about things you're excelling at and things you're deficient at they might not be they might be saying those in a private room and so it's interesting to me how social enables anybody to say anything about it's just open forum right there's no and and in some way people feel a little bit of protection there so they maybe say more than they they should or they yes like it's kind of like well I used to live in Southern (laughs) California right and you sit in traffic and you see the road rage happen because it's safe to be in that car and yeah, I'm separate yes. from everybody else. And and that's kind of what, what's happened. We, we've seen mm-hmm. ha- play out in many instances on social media, but at the same time, you can also get really honest feedback. Like there was this whole... Thing that kind of opened my eyes. I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, about what what part of your project is Instagrammable, right? Like, where where are people taking their photos in front of your project? Not what you think are the right ways yes. to look at your project as an architect, but huh. what are the the people who are using those spaces? Where where are they doing that? And I think that was, that was just kind of an interesting shift in design mentality is like oh like oh i guess i should be thinking about that or at least watching it play out to kind of understand what people are indirectly saying about your project because they're taking their picture in front of it they're not actually maybe even writing words about it yes so so give a give architects a grade where are we as a (laughs) as a as a a group in the social media space as far as uh, are we are we any good at this at all i I know (laughs) we're at the lower end of the scale
2: I know. Well, it's, you know, to Lauren's point about, you know, the fashion and the high standards, you know, we look back and um, you know, every touch point had to be on brand. We were we we were trained in, you know, 360 degree branding. Mm. So um, you know, everything was to evoke um, you know, emotion. So I think, you know, when we entered into this industry, it was like, oh my gosh, everyone's so um excited about a building evoking emotion and this and that. And you know, even the technology, but it, it was like, oh, my goodness, the PR and social was not um, in this, you know, aligning. So mm. we were shocked. You know, when I first entered, I said, oh, these are architects. These are designers. They must be ahead of the trends because look at how far along they are, you know, in these buildings that will, you know, last for for centuries. And so it was a shocker. And then we realized um, that, uh, you know, people did start to catch up. But I think um, as far as a grade goes, it's, you know, definitely not an A. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely Although it's funny with the AEC.
1: It's funny. We just had somebody on our podcast a few weeks ago and she was in the C. And she said, it's funny, the A usually adopts first and then comes the E. The the engineers do it and the construction realm is usually last. So you're not last. (laughs)
2: now
0: in in technology i think that could i guess you could say it that way too but i also see a lot of construction adoption of technology Mm. because time is money they really understand delivering the real product to the people and handing Mm. over the keys and Mm. what it takes to get there and all the gotchas that go in there and looking actively for ways to to solve for those issues that come up and architects are like Always, I think, later adopters when it comes to that stuff, not leaders for sure. Uh, I think we can all agree to that. (laughs) At (laughs) least the audience who listens to this show, I think, painfully know how slow our industry is to adopt Mm. technology. So I don't think it's, it's any different here. This episode is made possible with support from Avail. What's one of the most painful aspects of working in Revit today? Well, we all know that as a Revit project grows over time, navigating the information in that project becomes ever more taxing. And when more than one person is working on a project, a new wave of challenges arise. It only gets more difficult throughout the life of a project. Good news, a huge update to Avail Desktop was just released. Version 4.5 introduces several powerful new features designed to improve organizing, searching, and finding information within Avail. New features include channel groups, application mappings, and scope searches. But that's not all. Let's talk about the all-new Project Navigator, a powerful new feature in Avail for Revit 5.1 that extends Revit's native project browser to help navigate the dense information you're forced to endure as your projects grow. For the first time, Avail will connect your active project to your standard library with one unified search box. With Project Navigator, you can easily switch between active projects, See recently viewed Revit elements. Search across all Revit project elements. Yes, all of them. Conveniently search avail with one click. Filter by all the different element types. Navigate to sheets and views, legends and schedules. View individual elements contained on sheets and navigate to them. View family types and more importantly, actually drag and drop them right into your project few instances of each family type currently being used in the model, and more. To read all about the new features and see a video of them in action, visit getavail.com. There you'll find a features pull-down menu, and you can look at all of the different features, including the new Project Navigator. Once again, that's getavail.com, and look in the bar across the top for that features pull-down menu. Thank you to Avail for supporting this episode of Troxel. Yeah, uh, You mentioned threads a minute ago. And so as we record this podcast, it's yeah. been out for, I don't know, a few days, yeah. right? It's not, yeah. not that long no. and, and like you. incredible, incredible growth, obviously totally leveraging the Instagram social graph and uh, you automatically basically follow everyone who is already uh, in your list on Instagram and it'll, it'll, time will tell whether the Instagram audience has any appetite for text Versus, I mean, obviously you can attach photos to your yeah. thread, but but I, it's a very different feel, totally taking advantage of kind of the the stuff that's going on over at Twitter as well. So people are looking for alternatives. So kind of, I think what I heard was it launched about a month earlier than they were anticipating, but mm-hmm. really based on circumstances that that Twitter was was dealing with, like, let's take advantage of this. Can mm-hmm. we launch early? Yes, we can launch early. Let's do it. And then do boom. It everybody's on threads in air quotes. Yes. I don't know if everybody's on threads, but
3: wow. tell
0: us your experience yeah. with that and what, what you're telling your clients about threads. And because yeah. social media management is like, really one more thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I there's know. always room for I one know. more thing, right? Oh,
2: Well, I think, you know, when we say, you know, we're ahead of the trends with technology and our clients, we have to stay ahead in every aspect. So of course we jumped on like you know, Thursday night late, we're commiserating with all the social media (laughs) managers who are just up to all hours and figuring it out. Like, oh my gosh, to to access all your accounts, you have to log in. I'm sorry, log out, log back in and just all those little intricacies um, to figure it out. And um, I think there's a lot of, you know, social listening to happen. I definitely think um, it's great to jump in right away, but you also want to make sure that you, um, you know, you have some sort of strategy and make sure that it, you're adding value and and what you are posting is is really um, in line with with the app. You know you can't just repurpose from um, totally. from other apps. You have to reword things. You can repurpose, but of course every you know social app and platform has their their own, um, you know, style and, and voice. So, so we've been definitely posting, we're definitely seeing what's out there a lot. 50% is reading about it. You know, people are already posting strategies Mm -hmm. and you're like, how are you, you know, an expert in, in less than a week? Um, so I I think it's being a little (laughs) bit, um, you know, vulnerable seeing, what um, what is out there? and what makes sense for your brand? you know, and if it if it doesn't make sense, we have to we have to measure the r o i on it and mm-hmm. and um really you know put together a strategy moving forward, but for now it's it's actually been fun to play around with it and um see see what's working, what's not
0: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to you know there's there's obviously a lot of desire for features that to make it kind of feature parity with other social media apps out there, you know, multi-account, you know, swapping and that doesn't exist. Uh, There's no metrics. There's no, a lot of things, but it's version one. It's like early days of this. And like I just mentioned, I think they even released it a bit early just to get it out there and take advantage of the timing. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I'm sure maybe even more was planned for the initial release, but it's not here yet. Mm -hmm. But I think what's, what I've noticed that's interesting is there is this kind of sense from people that they are just feeling it out and they're trying to get a sense for what you were just talking about, Carrie, Mm -hmm. which is what is this place for Mm -hmm. on social media? Because they're not all for the same thing. They don't have the same feel. They don't have the same people. They, you know, people are coming from a different point of view. I think especially with this one coming from Instagram for the most part, we're used to scrolling through pictures and, feeds and reels and videos and things like that this is a different experience what are those people going to come here to do obviously there's a big rush and i think it'll taper off because people yeah. who, who don't care about text aren't going to hang around but uh i'm just i'm just watching people feel it out and figure it out together what should i people are actively asking the question what should i post here what do you as my audience want to see from me here Yes. And, and architects are doing that too. Um, one that I follow recently launched his own firm. I'll give him a shout out, Josh Mings, who started Aggregate Studio in Chicago. Yeah. And he, he's like, what do you want to see from me here? And he wants- on Twitter, he posts about brutalism. He posts about equity. He posts yeah. about like, you know, architectural topics. And, and so I responded, I would love, because he just started a studio, I would love to see process. I would love yeah. to what? see this place be about your design process, the things that oh, you really? go through on your projects. I don't know why I said that, but I just thought like you're starting a new studio. This is what I've been doing for the last decade is like show like on Arca Speak on our podcast talking about uh, what it's like to be an architect. That's behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. It's process. It's it's about the how do we do what we do and why do we do what we do? Not here's what we did kind of a thing. Yes. Uh sure. so i I don't know I, it's just fun to w- kind of watch people figure it out and and there's no single answer either no. about the kinds of things that are going to go there, but like you said, Carrie, too yeah what's your brand strategy, maybe what fits and and the difference between strategy and tactics here you're tr- people are trying to figure out like so so the saying I think is tactics are knowing what to do when you know doing what what you need to do when you know what you need to do, and strategy yeah. is doing what you need to do not knowing <laughs> so yes. it's it's thinking farther out sure. and so tactics i think fall into like the social media posting and what you're going to post and is it on brand and all those things but the strategy is who do you want to be out there
2: yes and why do they care about what you're posting
0: why to? should they care yes
2: yeah. are you adding value you know and um and, our, you know, our advice is always looking at all of the platforms and seeing what really makes sense. Where, where's your audience, you know, where should you invest the most time and money? Mm-hmm. There has to be, you know, some uh, return on investment and not dilute the other channels. Like you really, you know, have to make sure your top channels with your biggest uh, audience are, are, are strong guest.
0: Yeah. You can't be everywhere mm-hmm. all the time and, and it doesn't make sense to, pick all social media channels to post stuff in when you have to kind of figure out where your audience is what they want to know about so that you can add value like you said and so i think a lot of times like start with one and or two and just stick to that and see what works over time there before you go somewhere else because you you really shouldn't post the same thing on Twitter, as you do to Instagram, as you do on LinkedIn. And, and because then it's just like, why follow somebody? And if you're just going to see the same stuff, where do you guys see the architectural community or the AEC community in social online?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, LinkedIn for sure, for, you know, for B2B and we've definitely um, worked with other within other industries and we've noticed that by far the AEC industry is super strong on LinkedIn, and it's awesome because you can really, um, you know, nail down your your audience, and especially with, um, you know, the press that that Lauren gets, and um, then we spread that out on social, and so all of the tagging, mm-hmm. I mean, mostly everyone, 99% of the people are on there, whereas Instagram, you're like, all right, they're on it, I'm trying to, you know, trying to find this one, I can't find, you know, this one, they're not on, and, um, but LinkedIn it's yeah for sure. And we find that is a lot that, of thought is,
1: leaders are there too, right? To so the decision right. makers when you're trying to attract new clients, yes. new business, when new projects. Definitely.
0: And it's about work, right? Yes. And like that about, is a, a a social network about work and yes. the things that people do at work and and whereas like my Instagram is definitely not about work at all. It's like I go play in the mountains, I go play in the forest, I go, I like to do all those kinds of things. And that's my place to post those kinds of things. Uh, And I think that also makes sense because it kind of ties into its Facebook roots in that way, right? Which is like me and my family and my close friends. And it's not like a public social network. That's just like Twitter was, who's anybody can read your tweets, right? Very different. LinkedIn is, is, I agree that it's where people hang out, but the engagement is super low, I think, compared to most other social networks, at least from my experience. And there's a lot of lurkers out there who might scroll through feeds, but they're not engaging very much. What is your experience with that? And, and maybe mm-hmm. why? Why do you think it's like that?
2: Sure. We always we do find that people get definitely more engagement than um, companies on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, you know, we try to be really uh, strategic with, um, you know, the leadership sharing certain things and getting, you know, a lot of eyes and reposting and, um, you know, that that sort of thing.
0: It does seem like when you have a, the reposting happening, when you have the eyeballs looking at stuff, what's going to stop somebody from just continuing to scroll, right? What are those right. kinds of things that you're putting on there that that it, somebody will take the time to read, that mm-hmm. will take the time to look at. Uh, I'm just curious from your point of view how you guys strategize that with your clients because I I assume you're successful at that, but I think a lot of people struggle with that. They don't want to just post like where Twitter is. It's, it's literally a real-time feed of information. I think LinkedIn is a lot more considered and people are taking time to figure out what they're going to post ahead of time. So again, kind of a different strategy there, but how do you get people to stop and look at what you're doing on there? What, what do you guys have as kind of (laughs) your secret recipes for that you're going to share with this audience about like just, just some general things that, that people could use to Mm -hmm. get people to pay attention to what they're doing.
2: I think it goes back to our our soPR PR PR. approach. So um Lauren can share how she tells the story um through PR and then we take those um you know media clips and um all sorts of articles and podcasts and and we spread them out of on social. so there's constantly you know, a hook okay. mm-hmm.
1: yeah, absolutely. so we we've found over the years, I think that many. You know, many companies, if they have social or PR, you know, social sometimes is handled by Sally in accounting, and <laughs> she's wearing many right. other hats, and she's not really yes. social trained as social. And yeah. mm-hmm. we, they, a lot of companies will call her, you know, the social girl. <laughs> I was actually in a meeting one wow. time, and eh, wow. this guy in construction said, you know, we have a social girl, and I said, well, you'll never call us social girls. We are that is not what you're <laughs> what you're buying when you partner with us, you know we have 45 mm. years of experience and we've worked with global brands and we've been trained in this um, but but what we found is that you know doing getting your foot in the door with one or the other is a great approach i think starting with with social or pr if you can't make the jump with one one it, with both at the same time is a great way to get your foot in the door but then adding on that second service whether it be you know pr first and then social or social and then pr Really does help to move the needle because the way that we look at PR, you know, for me, press has evolved so much over the last 20 plus years since I got into it. It used to be all about print media and that has evolved and mm-hmm. then evolved into digital media. And for us now, as you know, Evan, because I work with you often, uh, you know, working with podcasts and using them as a, an arm of our PR strategy um, has been really pivotal in our strategies because our clients on who are quite comfortable usually speaking and conversing, but sometimes maybe not as comfortable writing, doing a written interview or having to respond to questions Mm -hmm. in that way. And if we can hear it from the horse's mouth and then take that messaging and spread it out on social, 35 minutes of their time on a podcast, 45 minutes on a podcast becomes timeless content. And usually that then Carrie can take for for months and sometimes years to come by doing flashback clips of what are the key tenants of this brand, what makes us different? Mm-hmm. Why is my mm-hmm. approach? Why are you, why should you partner with us instead of somebody else? And then that becomes, you know, fodder on social. And we can mm-hmm. sometimes podcasts in particular will do like you, both video and then audio. So we have mm-hmm. lots of different options in terms of what we do with the content um, and how Carrie kind of manipulates that on social. And how she rolls it out. So, mm-hmm. we found that this approach of doing both um, really provides um, a great outlet for our clients to amplify their stories, their leaders, the people behind their brands. For mm-hmm. one of our clients in particular, we have a whole campaign about the people. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie does a video campaign. Um, she can talk a little more about that, yeah. but it's really getting more of the company involved. And every brand is different. So, you know, what we rotate on social yeah. and what we prioritize on a, you know, from a PR lens changes based on the company. So, you know, one client, it's all about, you know, tech and the company culture and then the faces behind the brand and how are they moving the needle in this very traditional industry. And that's what we're constantly pulsing out. And it's a momentum game. It takes, it takes time to shift the mm-hmm. needle, especially if you've been quiet or quiet for a bit or maybe you've always been quiet, you know, it's kind of like putting building blocks together and you stack them up and you start to really see the traction. We started with one client almost a year ago and I think at the time the company was four years old and she just hit her five-year anniversary and we started with PR and she added social in and her results are off the charts now because we've consistently been building and then either people reach out to her directly or they reach out to me and say hey I saw her on this would she be open to doing x y and z and you can see how the momentum really starts to build
2: Mm -hmm. and I think uh, you know our strategy is uh, intentional too we do a lot of work behind the scenes as groupies and um, we you know spend months coming up with brand pillars for each brand so you know you could also call it buckets of you know content but You know, the number one thing is the face of the brand, really identifying, you know, which uh, leader, which leaders is it, you know, the partner, the C-suite, who will we be promoting? And they Mm -hmm. each can talk to something different. They each have different angles. So we rotate, you know, that one is, you know, he's, um, you know, is the architect. The other is an entrepreneur. You know, the other one is a mom. Um, so there's all different angles we can approach. And then um, you know, the next pillar is the product and service services and we really are always evolving that. You know, if, if our um, client is leaning more towards healthcare or hospitality or all of a sudden, you know, um their the industrial space took off. We're going to make sure that we prioritize, you know, that content to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm in their feed. And then the other one's location, you know, making sure that people know you work beyond the tri-state area, you're national and continuing to do that. And when we say brand pillars, it's not like we just do, um, you know, a quick one-liner. We'll do a video and we give the of of the employees and we'll, we call it, um, you know, we have a special series that's under a minute and we'll give them talking points. Okay. Talk. I want you to drop the word national, you know, we're a national firm. I want you to talk about healthcare because we're pushing that. So we organically really, um, work to get that key messaging into all different, you know, forms of, of media. And then my uh, favorite, our favorite pillar is the wow factor, the fourth pillar, like what sets them apart? You know, do they have a podcast What are they doing outside of the office? You know, thinking about things that really make people stop and say, "Wow!" You know, Um, and coming up with cool content. One of our clients, uh, you know, asks, "What annoys you about architects?" And that's a great question. We have timeless, you know, content, um, and uh, that's from the anti-architect. But how cool is that to, you know, to put that out? And you have so many different answers from these industry icons, you know, sharing what annoys them. So. It's kind of uh, cool in a way to, um, you know, manipulate those um, those quotes and things like that. But we constantly rotate it, so it's not project, project, project. It's, you know, people interview, podcast, wow factor. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of uh, our approach. But there's a lot of work that goes into that behind mm-hmm. the scenes.
1: And those so, wow so- factors are great for the storytelling aspect yes. too. You know, we have a CEO oh, yeah. who has multiple albums on Spotify. We have a CFO right. who's a best-selling author on Amazon and she founded a school in in Nigeria. We have another client that grew up in Alaska and she played D1 soccer. So all those types of things when we're humanizing these people to make mm-hmm. them not just an architect or an engineer when I'm telling their story for PR, I think those are the types of things within the first couple sentences of my, you know, my pitch to somebody really make them more interesting.
0: And real. I think real, that, right? it's not yeah. just the polished version of them that's no. being put yeah. out. And Perfect sentences I, put together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's That'll all be words and yeah. right. Yeah. Like that kind of thing is it's interesting now even with tech like Chat GPT where well, I can kinda of notice that it was Chat GPT yeah. because so many people are using it. And it yeah. and it's it's interesting to just see people rely on things like that when it is so much more comfortable to tell your own story in your own words and not worry about them all being perfect and not work like you're, you're you're a real human and you do you do things that you're really interested in and sharing those i think is where social media kind of all began right yeah, like, yeah. there used to be a prompt on twitter and on facebook it's like what are you doing right now it was something like that right <laughs> that's not exactly it but it was like yeah. what are you up to and yeah. and so just to prompt you because it was like no you what are you up to yeah. right now and in the moment and and when you open up the app To to use it, what are you doing uh, and why, I think is is really interesting. This episode is sponsored by Confluence. I've invited Randall Stevens, the CEO of Avail, to tell you about it.
3: In 2019, we held the inaugural Confluence event, which was designed to bring together the product managers, the technology developers that are working on the products used daily in the AEC industry and put them in the room with the design technology leaders from the practice side that are actually implementing and using these technologies. The goal isn't to sell anybody anything at these events. The goal is to get a better understanding of what's working, what's not working, and what would be the best products to develop to be implemented in the AECO industry. We've held these three-day Confluence events the past four years and attracted over 100 attendees. We have an exciting agenda plan for our annual event in October. The theme this year is going to be focused around AI and machine learning and its applications in the AEC industry. You can learn more about Confluence at getavail.com slash confluence. I want to talk about measurement. So you guys talk
0: about uh, measuring the ROI and things like that. And it, it you have to build over time, you have to build momentum, you have to build the brand, you have to build the message, you have to build the story and all these different buckets to that. But I think a lot of people also maybe get frustrated with a lack of being able to measure the response to that, um, because there there's a huge number of people who won't hit the like button who won't leave a comment right okay normal so but but to recognize that there are people beyond the ones who are doing Mm. those things but then i think what really matters in the whole measurement thing because what i'm not interested in talking about is like how many followers do you have like the vanity metrics side of things but i'm interested in what opportunities has has have you seen social and pr create for the people that are working with you because to me, they have decided, they've chosen themselves to say, I'm going to go out and do something beyond the normal way of, of addressing audience or, or getting the word out about what we do. And on some level, they could even be creating a new persona for themselves or a different perspective that nobody else has uh, to set themselves apart because there's this idea that on social media – you have to have a big audience for it to be worth doing. And audiences, like you just said, take time to build. You have to build the stuff, build, build, build over time. I, I'm just wondering like where, where you guys see all that and and just take that and run with what I just spilled out onto the table here. What, what are you, what are you, what's your, what are you thinking about when I say all that stuff?
2: Yeah, I think there is, it's a lot more than numbers, followers. Um, you know, lately we've, you know, we've seen talent acquisition um, be a huge part of, of social media. People talk about going to the, the company's social channels as the first thing to see if they want to work for that company. So for, you know, maintaining talent um, and finding the best talent, we've found that that is, that's huge. So that's something uh, worth it as well. The other thing is, you know, it does take time and, you know, Lauren can give k- examples of clients, you know, maybe they get on one podcast that leads to a panel that leads to, you know, uh, a keynote and then it just, it just spirals from there mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a momentum game, but, um, you know, the clients are like, you know, I'd love Lauren to share yeah. that story because I know. there's so you know, many, it's not about, like that. yes, the yeah. it's about, you know, how they feel business is, you know, um, growing, and you know people give them feedback even mm-hmm. on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: yeah. I think you know sometimes our clients say, "Oh, we don't want to," you know, we're asked the same questions on all the podcasts. We have to do it again. We're like, "Yes, you do. You got to get out there again because that one niche audience on that podcast, they might not have heard your story. They might not have heard the other dozen that you've already done. And so if you can connect with a few different people there, or they happen to catch the clip that Carrie puts on social." That's all it takes, right, is the one business call that leads to a new client. And, um, and, you know, one example is last summer I had one of our presidents and owners of a company. Um, he was part of kind of a newsletter, a, a very widely distributed newsletter An interview. And that group owned an industry publication. And they ended up featuring one of the company's projects on the cover of the October issue. And then in the November issue, they interviewed the three people running the firm to talk about company culture. And then in February, they invited the CFO to be part of a female-driven symposium that they did in Texas. And this September, they do a much larger annual event for huge people in the industry. And they've tapped that same CFO to come in and be the opening keynote, actually, for the event. And that was all just from one, you know, newsletter, Q&A, interview and but you and guys are
0: masterminds. You've planned that all out in advance. You saw I actually the have a whole podcast roadmap. too. I
1: forgot. They've been yes. on multiple, you know, episodes of their podcast, but it all just led from, yeah. you know, I think that is where you buy into the bigger strategy and people that have the expertise for mm-hmm. decades. It kind of goes back to the notion of not having, you know, Sally and doing your social and PR. And I think that's you know, having had the training to say, okay, this could just be this, but what else do you, you know, are there other opportunities? Are there other people I should meet within your organization? Literally, I asked that question and I was introduced to the senior writer at the magazine. And then I was also introduced to the guy that hosts the podcast. And then I was introduced to the president of the company who was putting together all the programming for these major industry events. And uh, so I think sometimes, you know, making the investment in in more of a senior team as opposed to, you know, it's mm. for our team, it's nice we have the balance of, you know, people that are fresh out of school with that, you know, kind of that perspective. And then for us knowing how to kind of navigate the business world on a on a day to day basis and have those those more senior conversations.
0: I made the joke that you had like foreseen that whole roadmap yeah. of all those dots getting connected. <laughs> but of wish. course you yeah, of course goal, you didn't, right? Because sure. No. these opportunities yeah, yeah yeah these opportunities present themselves because yes. you are in doing the thing mm-hmm. and yeah. i i can raise my hand and say that that has happened throughout my career as well because yeah. starting a podcast in 2012 was like not wow. a, a thing that everybody did back then oh, right and yeah. and the opportunities that came from that have just like the story that you yeah. shared have yeah. it's been like that and mm-hmm. i think that it's really interesting to you know, the, this is one of those things where it's like, when should you start social media? Mm. And it's like yesterday, right? Yeah. Like,
2: yes.
1: <laughs> you can't keep the algorithms
0: waiting. You can't, to be
2: there. you can't
0: wait yeah. for the opportunity. Like for, you can't wait for these things to happen because it's you're not ready yet or you haven't. Yes. Uh, there is there is actually no barrier to entry. And, and I oh so so something you said early on in the conversation Carrie you talked about this this on brand and the qual and, and Lauren you mentioned the quality over quantity
2: mm-hmm. yes
0: and then there's the other side there's the Gary V
2: yes uh, yes
0: you know who's there's just you got to put out 50 posts a day on every single channel and and be helpful 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 and just share yes. your story share what and and obviously that that is that is Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes. That is how Gary Vaynerchuk is wired. Right. Yes, and yes, so
2: That's easy for him to tell
0: other people right. to be like that. Right. Yes. But but at the same time, it's a it's it's a different strategy and it mm, can yes. work for somebody too. So I'm just interested from your perspective. You you guys are building brands on social and PR in a in a specific way, and your the yes. message that you're conveying is is kind of built around that as well. But there are other ways to do it, right? And they're not no, necessarily sure. wrong.
2: Yeah,
1: I think the definitely. biggest difference is the B 2 C- B, to B, B to C- yes, versus B 2 C, C, right? So we spent 20 mm-hmm. years in that B 2 C world in the fashion world, mm-hmm. where you needed to sell the the dress and the blazer and the shoes. There was sale yeah, was
2: going on and the hustling, uh, yeah. and events. the
1: register ringing, right? And yeah, uh, we love B2B. b <laughs> this is, you know, yeah. our next chapter was very intentional in yeah. terms of, um, you know, why we we slid into B2B because I think it's it really is more quality over quantity. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're trying to build awareness and the, build the momentum, but it can be done thoughtfully and strategically yeah. and it's it's not a more is more approach. And uh and that's what we found, I think. By Karen
2: yeah, Chaker. absolutely. And it's, you know, um it is where, do, you know, it's like, where do you spend your time? You could go all out and spend hour, you could spend 24 seven, but you know, it's also knowing who are, um, you know, our audiences. And, you know, we really like to say we go above and beyond, for example, like if our client does an event, you know, we see a photo with the sponsors and we zoom in and we're like, we tag every single sponsor. <laughs> you know, we make sure that we go that extra mile we yeah. engage with, you know, journalists and um, podcast hosts who work in the industry. We have lists of client you know, current, our, our clients, you know, clients and their partners and we engage with them on LinkedIn. So we're really we're really intentional to go deep, we would say. And that's how we like to like to work mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to really, um, like, you know, move the needle, I guess.
0: Lauren, you mentioned uh, what, it, what it was, Sally's title. Social oh,
2: you got Sally in a county.
0: <laughs> and someone county.
2: said Sally's in uh, you know an older name. You need to have like, I you know. know, Emma or yeah. something right out of school. <laughs> yeah. Well, a more well I think tons of you know, there's so many people we go to, you know,
1: meetings and there's so many people I think yes. within the industry, especially when they're, you know, decades old brands are frustrated because, you know, they used to do this and now they do mm-hmm. something so many new it's services or they've evolved it's so much great. and but <laughs> yeah. nobody knows it and they want to be known but then you know they don't want to make the investment i think you know that long term investment you know right. so it's really i think there's there's um such an opportunity in this industry to shift that perception and to showcase the value that our clients mm-hmm. are seeing through this SOPR approach because there's so many others out there we you know we walk into meetings and we say look we you you need us for everything we can give you, but, you know, that's going to be scary to you. So yeah. where do you feel comfortable right. starting? Just yeah. start right. um, yeah. because, you know, that's how we did it with, you know, Mancini back in the day. They hired us for one service and then yeah. we built and we've grown with them so much over the last six years. And so while there's, you know, many bigger companies that we see so much opportunity to help immediately and really make an immediate impact, we're happy to kind of meet them where they are and, and Incredible. you know, we are. Yeah, we are looking for um, a few more, a few more brands. And we also, you know, I think because we came from, um, you know, the industry that we did, we also have a, a very interesting checklist of, you know, yes. we want to work sure. with kind people. Yes. We want them to really trust us and see the value. And we can kind of tell now we've yeah. done enough meetings <laughs> where, you know, people, we can tell if they're kind of in or they're, you know, skeptical. Yes. And, you know, I think that's going to be a shift over time that we'll see in the years to come.
2: Yeah.
0: I bring up Sally because the <laughs> because Carrie what you were talking about going deep yeah. and wow. kind of having the diligence to go through and tag all the companies that you see the logos for and yeah like I I want to draw a picture here for the audience who might be interested in in hearing about this social PR approach and and like what a company like yours does in this regard is It's more than a full-time job. And that to me is what this, this is not new for the audience who listens to this show because firms who have are doing it the way they've always done it and aren't looking for technology uh, solutions to solve their problems. The the people who listen to the show know that feeling very well, Mm -hmm. right. Which is no, like I'm not going to be a typical project manager. I'm going to, I'm going to leverage technology where I can do the same work as 10 people or more, or I can do that thing that took two hours in two seconds with, yeah. with, and, and it's not different than what's going on in social media, where it's not just one person in the corner trying to figure out what to post, mm-hmm, right. but the life of a social media manager and that position, if like we should call it one, because like literally that's what firms actually need is that position yeah. that's, dedicated or they need to hire somebody like you to do right. it for them because yeah. you understand the industry mm-hmm. and you have that long history to be able to bring the wisdom to the to the table mm-hmm. I just want to draw that distinction or that contrast because it it's like you said the construction company says oh yeah Sally and accounting does that and it's like that's just an add-on thing that we do every once in a while and it's not important yeah. yes is, is what what really comes across there and yeah, its it, it that's not this at all, right? That and and I think it's so interesting from a brand strategy point of view uh, to get that message across for people Absolutely. to
2: hear. Yes, and now as you see, it's growing. You know, when reels came about, mm-hmm. it's like okay, we need you know a video producer. We need you know we've hired copywriters before, and now you know everything we do is um, in house. But we do have our partners, and it's like where to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where to invest to keep the quality high, but it's like every you know you really have to have that um that uh standard that high quality as well and mix and mix it up, but you know it it's um it's a whole production it really is
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it is it's intense, and I think like I can barely keep my head above water, and I don't feel like i post enough stuff out there. And and at the same time, I'm like, I'm sick of posting stuff, right? Yeah. I'm not going to, I great can't job. actually post.
1: <laughs> You're honest. You I try are. to
0: automate as much of it as I can just to be totally transparent yeah. with the audience. Yes. And And I mean, that's kind of obvious too, right? Like it's, it's a podcast title and a link and I, I do leverage technology mm-hmm. to, yeah. to do a lot of that for me. But at the same time, like I want to engage with the people who want to engage with it. Yeah. And I want to do that personally. And I want to, have conversations with people, whether they matter or not. Like they're, right. uh, you know, what that's in air quotes, like whether yes. the conver- it's like, what, I don't care what we talk about. Let's right. talk, let's just make a connection. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about social media. And I, I know I've told this story before, but, uh, I, maybe somebody's hearing it for the first time right now, which is when I started the Speak podcast with my co-hosts back in 2012, we only did it over Twitter. We mm-hmm. created a podcast on Twitter. I had never met them in wow. person until three years after we started.
2: Oh my gosh. Wow! Wow! And,
1: that's and so
0: we were we're in three different, very different locations. Never had the opportunity to get together until we did. And and just to point out that like that's yes. how this that's how the world is nowadays. Yeah. Like yeah. I have listeners around the world. I talk to people on this podcast from around the world. I mean, it's. It's incredible. And we're all connected now. It's a very different world to practice uh, the things that we do in the built environment and to get the word out and to tell our story and to share our value and our values with other people than it than it ever was before. And so just to kind of say, you know, so, Sally's interested in that and, and she can do that sometimes or she can yeah. do it on her lunch break. Right. She can do it yeah. off hours right. for us is I th- you're just leaving so much on the table there and 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 if you decide to leave it on the table, so be it, right? Yeah. That's fine. That's a decision that you can totally make, but I think what you're pointing out is the opportunities that have come from putting things out there in these new ways. It's so funny that we keep talking about them as new ways well, I, know. I can't it isn't even new anymore right uh, so uh, I don't know, I don't know where that's really going, but I, it it is interesting to kind of just draw the distinction sure. between between uh, the, the, the off the person who's doing it on their spare time versus this being like, I'm sure that when threads came out, people, like you said, everyone's not like freaking out. Yeah. Well, um, yes. How do we deal with this? How do we deal with another one?
2: <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> Cause
0: it's I a know. lot of work.
2: Yes. yes, it is. It is. And I think, you know, what Lauren's found is uh, getting our guests on podcasts mm-hmm. is um, really a great um, avenue for sure. Mm, um, mm-hmm. for PR, which has evolved, um, you know, through the years. So even, even just that service alone. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, so to.
0: you guys with, well, Christian has been on the show, Christian Giordano, and you talked about that. Where, where did that idea come from? Does that come from brand groupies?
2: Uh, Christian being a guest? Oh no. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I started the brand groupies podcast. It was 2018. Not, not as early as you. And, um, So um, that was something that, you know, we had always felt comfortable with. We felt, you know, we were we were in it feeling like, oh, 2018 was was early on. And then um, we kept saying to him, you know, he was really interested in building his personal brand. And uh, we kept saying, you know, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And then um, he I guess it was twenty twenty one. He he said, all right, let's do this. And we helped come up with a name and it had to be, you know, catchy and we just found that uh we from our own experience with the brand groupies podcast having it just checks off so many boxes you know you invest that Mm. you know hour or so of time and uh it you know of course you can invite guests on who could be potential clients and they share it. it's a co-promotional thing you know in fashion we always did co-promotions and part and partnerships Mm. we loved um you know partnerships because then that would you know, expose you to new audiences when they um, you know, you co promoted with someone sure. else. And so it just it made so much sense and we're we're just so excited that it, you know, it took off. Yeah. It's been really I mean, fun.
1: Everybody's always buzzing about the name and yes. asking him questions and everybody at the firm, why is it called the anti architect? Yeah, not like right. architects
0: and yeah. I, asked, of course I, he's I called him out. out on that clickbait title. yeah. Yes. The, the, yes. Like the first thing we talked about on this yeah. on the on this show.
2: Totally. <laughs> and it's it, been and a lot it's, of fun. He,
0: yeah exactly it's like obviously it just is a it starts a conversation right and there you go and then somebody finds out that he's actually an architect and it's like what what do you mean like and and there's like this there's just this conflict (laughs) inner conflict that just comes out and it it just like hey we could talk about this that's kind of fun makes it fun and there's there's no pressure there it's just it's just it's very cool this episode is brought to you this week by troxel plus membership you should become a troxel plus member today members get some great perks. For instance, you get an ad-free version of the podcast and the show notes, and you can listen to your ad-free feed in whatever podcast app you already use. You'll also get the show notes sent directly to your inbox without ads, which includes all of the links to what we talk about during the episodes, so you'll never miss a thing. The biggest thing about becoming a member is that you'll be directly supporting the reason the show exists, which is to capture long-form conversations with my guests from the architectural community and beyond to have a positive impact on the present and future of the profession. The ad market is pretty bad right now. The podcast would not exist without our members. And for those of you who are one, I am very thankful. So for those of you who are hearing this on the public feed, I hope you'll consider it. For a limited time, there's a special launch offer at trxl.co slash launch20. You can check that link in the show notes to get a nice discount if you sign up for the annual membership option. That's trxl.co slash launch20. No spaces in there. For a limited time. I'm so thankful for our members, and I hope you'll become one of them. So with that podcast and with other your podcast and things like that, I, everybody has a podcast nowadays. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but I think that, you know, some of the stats that I've heard about podcasts are something like four and a half million podcasts that have been started. There's like 800,000 plus that are actually kind of c- continually moving yeah. along yeah. and very few make it past 10 episodes. Yeah. And so just to speak to kind of the dedication of, Social media, podcasting, putting out, I hate to actually even use the word content. I've probably said it a couple of times Maybe. in this episode, but, but I don't think that's really the, it kind of yeah. genericizes it. Right. And so, so the idea of putting things out there that and doing it consistently is important. Can you guys talk to that component of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we launched, and for him, you know, every, we, we manage several podcasts and, Every kind of the cadence of each one is different based on, Mm -hmm. you know, the host's time, really. So Mm -hmm. we launch one podcast for a client every other week. We do Christians every three weeks. And then with Christian, from a social perspective, Mm -hmm. we put out a teaser. Sometimes like the day before, we're launching one tomorrow. So we put a teaser out today on social. Tomorrow, the launch graphic will go up. And then we'll do two clips um, all in the next three weeks before we launch the next guest. And we will take, an hi- you know, a hiatus every now and then, you know, sometimes around the holidays or social. We're going up tomorrow to to record two more episodes with him. But it's been really fun to see it evolve. We've had such an array of guests on. We've had his clients, some of his partners. We're in the midst of a series right now doing um, very recognizable architects like Brad Perkins' episode launches tomorrow and Ozzie Nelson and... You know, just really some leaders within the industry that have inspired him. And so it's just a fun way to, first of all, no one ever says no to being on a podcast, right? When you That's send nice. an invite, almost no. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said no to us. It's it's yeah. such a That's fun good. way to get to know somebody's story. Yep. And then yeah. I think from a business perspective, it can really, you know, for him and, and you know, we we're doing the same. We just launched an AEC Buzzmakers series talking to people like us who are behind the brands. And finding out what are the trends in the industry, what are people seeing, what are they budgeting for, you know, what's working for them for, you know, are they doing anything for personal branding for the C-suite, are they prioritizing social or PR or both. And so that's been really fun for, for us to start to kind of peel back the onion and, and have a, a different kind of conversation with people within the industry that, that do things um, that are similar
2: to, to what we do yeah mm-hmm. and it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. it's so across the board, like we said in fashion, you know you had your p r agency. it was very um you know um standard, and now it's just you're like, wow, everyone's doing different things, and so what's working, what's better and and really getting behind the scenes is has been eye opening, yeah. yeah,
0: so to maybe bring this back full circle, this whole idea of storytelling mm-hmm. and you're talking about kind of the characters in the industry. I think that's that's kind of how I think about it, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. especially with podcasts like one of the ones that I do, Peopleverse. Right? It's about mm-hmm. telling the 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 person's story and and opening them up to other people in the building industry because I think something that that we've identified that's lacking in the building industry, in especially as the march of technology goes on, is further and further disconnection. We mm. search for information. We don't seek out a person to get the lowdown. We don't seek out a person to get their wisdom. And this industry is full of people with decades of experience and wisdom. And that's where I think this all ties together, right? The The purpose of this is not just to talk about our projects, but it's to talk about people's experiences. It could mm. be the people in the firm's experience in sure. the industry. Yes. It could be the client's experiences with architecture or the built environment. And both of those are are really valuable for winning new projects, for the people behind the brands and creating opportunities and all of those things. Maybe we'll just finish it up there with like this whole like the power of storytelling and like what that all comes back to. Why is that important so important to you guys? because you your brand groupies, like the whole idea of being groupies for the rock stars, following the rock stars around as they do their tours, and setting up the merch table and do like doing whatever. I, I think that that is such a, a a fun tie-in that you've, you've created with your own branding there. Like what is it about AEC and telling the stories of AEC that really kind of brings all that home f- for you?
2: I know. I think it's, you know, we always say um, be the Mick Jagger of your industry I think mm. early on in brand groupies, we would get so excited about what our clients were doing, like even more excited than them. We're like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, um, you're doing this. I can't believe it. And we were like, that's oh, normal. you know, just really passionate. And <laughs> you know, like I said, um, you know, that's where groupies really came from because we're like, we can do this, we can do that. And, you know, mm. it's so many ideas of how to get their, you know, their, um, you know, message out there. But I think you know the storytelling is so important i talked to you know some major social media people and they're they're hiring pr people now to to manage mm. social like big social accounts because you need to have that storytelling mindset you know that's where we came from that and we see you know the the whole picture that's why so pr makes so much sense because now social is you know they're kind of um they're you know the boundary is is kind of uh not black it's and blurred. white it's blurred yeah. that's where. So yeah. um, putting it together and just being a well-oiled machine, the perception, mm-hmm. the story um, just continues to, um, you know, remain out there and get into people's subconscious, I guess.
0: Well, Lauren, last bit of news here. You shared some news with me, and I, I just wanted to acknowledge it. I mean, congratulations. Well, thank on, you so uh, much. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank president. you. president, yeah, yeah. That, at Brand Groupies. And, and yeah. so you two are, are leading an amazing effort there and i think that it's it's pretty obvious when if anybody pays attention to what's going on in aec with social and pr that you're doing an absolutely wonderful job and to me it's just more about pointing out that that's possible for anybody out there who wants to do it it, you do kind of have to figure out how to add it in it it it, maybe there are things you can stop doing right Mm -hmm. and so that you can create the space to go in this direction but to kind of bring it back to maybe where we started with, with AEC not being very good at this about telling our story. And like you just said, Carrie, it's like you had more excitement for what was going on than they do. And I think that's, that's normal. That's the grind. I mean, that is the grind (laughs) of AEC, which is like, I got to get through this project because I got another project to start so that I can get through that project to start another project. And, and like, taking the step back, getting the bigger perspective and actually telling those cool stories. Like there's so many stories that I've been able to share on the Arcuspeak podcast over the years when I was working on projects and the things that clients would say and the experiences that they would have and just share that with me. And then I could share it with everybody. I think that was, that was really a fun, a fun thing. And, and for people, everybody has those experiences, but it's really hard to kind of step back and then figure out a way to tell that story because mm-hmm. my life is full of all this right. other stuff. And and so you guys take that work off of the hands of a lot of people, yeah. you really help hold their hand and help them do that. But, um, I do hope that our industry gets better at this because it is such a valuable industry. And I, I think the perception out there is different than what we have of it internally yeah. of what we think the value is. And we have to ask ourselves if it's worth telling that story. I think the answer is yes, but then Okay, what are you gonna do about it? I, and and that's where br- people like brand groupies, where Carrie and Lauren come in. So I, you guys are doing great work. It's, uh, it's thank wonderful.
1: you very much, much, Evan. Thank you for having us. Honor to be. This on. was fun to be on this side. Yeah. <laughs> on this side, right? <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, so so you can invite me to be on your podcast, and then yes, I can yeah. have that that I'll I'll, just, I'll sit on the other side. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. For <laughs> <laughs> <And> sure. <laughs> All
0: right, guys. Thank you Aw. so much. Thank,
2: thank you, so Evan. Much, you,
1: Evan. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks to our sponsors and thanks to our members this week. Find out how you can become a member at trxl.co. And I'll talk to you again next week.